It's July. Which means, if you look at Hallmark or any store you go to, it's also Christmas in July. Emily and I thought we'd jump on that bandwagon as well. So this week we're discussing Elder Uchtdorf's talk from April 2021 titled God Among Us. What better way to celebrate Christmas in July than with Emmanuel? Welcome back to the Iron Rodcast. We're so glad you could join us. Hello and welcome to the Iron Rodcast. I'm Emily Whittle and this is my lovely host, Marin Summer. And we're here today to discuss with you um, the most recent general conference, um, specifically Dieter F. Uchtdorf's talk from April 2021 entitled God Among Us. Um, so buckle down <laughs> and get ready because God is among us. And I couldn't help, but the entire time I was studying this talk, think to my brain, thinking in my brain, I believe there are angels among us. Oh, yeah. Um, do you know that song, Marin? When you sang it, I realized they sang it with uh, Kristen Chenwith. With the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Oh, oh sorry, not that. It's not that they call it anymore. Tabcats. For Christmas a couple of years choir. ago. It was sweet. Um, did you know, fun fact, I was there in the front row, fangirling big time because Kristen Chenoweth. Mm, I'm obsessed. Were you really there? Because I was there. But I, was I was there. Up in yeah. the, I was up above. We were probably there the same night. <laughs> Probably. No, I was there. And the crazy thing is I had a former fifth grade student who was dancing, like the very first dance oh. number. Um, and I was there with her mom, who is an LDS. And she was like, quick, come up here and sit next to me. And it was like within like the the very front section. And wow. it was the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen. And those definitely weren't my seats, but she had extra seats. So it worked out hmm. and it was incredible. That sounds great. And that was a tangent. <laughs> no, it's okay. Cause when but... you said I thought of this song, I was like, well, the th song I was thinking of was Lamez when he's about to die. And he talks about how oh. to see another person or to love another person is to see God. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, that's my favorite line. Of all of Les Mis. It's powerful. Don't you think? Do you believe that? Do you think that's accurate? Yeah. I 100% believe that's accurate. I think love is a gift. And that when we love one another truly and not conditionally, then I think it's a similar concept to when you're in the service of your fellow being. You're only in the service of your God. I think... Same, same concept is when you love your fellow man, you're loving God. And I think true non-conditional love reflects that. I don't know. What do you think, Marin? I guess I haven't thought about it a lot like that, but I was reading a book. I just went and saw the play, and so it was making me think about it. And I was reading a book about, actually it was a self-help book. 
But the lady at the beginning said, I mm-hmm. believe in God. If you believe in a higher power, whatever, doesn't matter. But she was quoting, mm, I think it's in John. I'll go look it up, though. And it says, um, God is love, not scripture. Mm-hmm. And she said, mm-hmm. well, if God is love. Yeah, it is in John. I, yeah, that one. And I've never paid attention to that one. So she said it was her favorite one because if God is love and she believes she's a child of God, that means that she is love as well. And so that's why it's so it feels so lovely when you give service from your heart or when you love another person or when you do something that's extremely hard, but you, you love that person and that's why it's fine to do it. So that's why you feel the best when you do that is because you are being truly yourself, which is love. And I thought that was, mm. I, I don't know if I have words because it was profound, but so simple because it's true. That is why it feels so good. And it's probably why you do see God when you love another person, because you're seeing that part of God in yourself. Hmm. Oh, I love that. I'm just like marinating on that for a little bit. Marinating? I think that, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on the marin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really love that. Back to God Among Us. Um, I really, I liked this talk because it was a reminder of just how much God is in our lives. Um, specifically, um, Elder Uchtdorf at this time when he was speaking was an elder, is an elder. He talks about how there are angels among us, how salvation is among us how Jesus is among us and um, what shall we do about all of this? So we're going to kind of separate this podcast as such, starting with angels among us. (laughs) So back to the beginning (laughs) when we had our little tangent tangent. Um, But um I, I truly believe in my personal experience that angels are among us. I can't, I think it kind of links back to, um, the talk we were, I think it was our first or it was our second podcast mm-hmm. about miracles. Um, I think that is a sign that God loves us and that there are angels among us because, um, some of the execution of these miracles happens through the hands of angels seen and unseen. Yeah. I was thinking about angels among us and I don't know if I really call people angels. And again, in that one, we talked about miracles. I think I mentioned the verse in Mosiah that says angels speak um, by the power of God. And that's what elder Uchtdorf is talking about when he said he was in Germany and the war was going on and some missionaries came from the U S who was Germany's enemy but they came bringing the gospel and they spoke the words of God and he considers them his angels. And I don't see my life like full with angels because I usually don't need the missionaries or people to speak the gospel to me. But I think what I do is I call people my brothers of Jared. And I don't, I don't know if we've talked about this, Emily, but 
Um, there's sometimes no. in my life, I love the story of the brother of Jared and especially the part where he is so confused about what to do uh, on crossing the boats and his brother, who is named Jared, asks him to go and pray for the whole family in behalf of them. And I've, that's always caught my attention because I don't usually go to people and go, I need you to pray for me. Usually I just do it myself, which is a privilege and something I know so many people in the world feel like they can't do. But to me, that's so weird to be like, hey, I need you to pray for me. But especially last year and multiple times in my life, there have been times where I just am so confused or so angry at God that I I blocked myself from heaven. But I still know what heaven's there and that God is here with me. I just... I'm so angry and upset that I can't hear him. And there have been a few times where I have asked my brothers of Jared in my life, which I think Emily, you were one of them when I had that massive anxiety attack during COVID and you and Ashlyn mm-hmm. went, we, we're going to pray for Marin. And I remember you telling me that and coming back and going, we went to our apartment and went, Marin's not okay. And you prayed for me. And I consider that one of my brothers mm-hmm. of Jared moment or when I, my grandma died and I was so scared to go and be with people. And my mom mm-hmm. said, well, I have faith and I will ask God to protect us. And I went because my mom had that faith and she was like a brother of Jared in that moment. So sometimes I don't see it so much as angels, but God is among us when we can go to someone else and be like, I am struggling right now and I just need you to have faith for me for a little bit and I can lean on that Mm -hmm. and then come back. Which I think is the, the doctrine behind ministering, right? Oh, all about that. Yeah. (laughs) Ideally that's what ministering should be is you have this profound connection with another human being and this person is someone you can lean on. And technically we should all be ministers to our brothers and sisters. Um, But I think it's really, really difficult to minister to someone you don't know as well as I know Marin or Marin knows me Mm or, um, you know, it's just some random person in your apartment complex that you need to go and visit and say hi. It's it's difficult. It's really, really hard. But um, you have the opportunity. It really is such an opportunity to be an angel among um, here on earth for that person, to pray for that person, to be that person um, that, that, that they can lean on um, in times of trial. Yeah. I do remember that time, Marin. Um, that you had mentioned. And I, I think, um, I think it was a privilege. Like I, I consider that a privilege to, um, to be asked for help from someone I, I truly care about. And then to, um, to do something about it, to take it to the Lord, to ask for, for maybe the unseen angels of the Lord to, to kind of, you know, comfort, um, or help Marin or maybe, you know, have the gift of the Holy ghost portray himself in a way that will comfort you. I don't know. There's just so many different options and so many different ways that there are angels among us. Um, 
And I, I think it's, all of them are blessings. All of them are evidence that God loves us and that he wants us to be happy here on earth. Yeah. Right after that experience, I was reading the brother of Jared's story. I think it's chapter three. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's verse 18 because I love this verse, but it says it's right after Jesus has touched the stones and they're, um, mm-hmm. they're filled with light. And it says right after that, that Jesus ministered, he uses that word, Jesus ministered to the brother of Jared, um, that he might know that Jesus was the Christ and would do all these things. And that caught my attention because I think that's why angels or ministers, as we're talking about them, that's really what we're supposed to do. There's not a checklist of what you need to do to connect with this person. You either know really well, or you've just been assigned and have no idea who they are. The entire reason you minister is so that they know who Jesus Christ is. Because like me in that moment are so many people for many years, a lot of people don't know how to feel Jesus Christ by themselves. If that makes sense. I have a, Mm -hmm. I have so many years experience feeling the Holy ghost by myself and knowing what that means. But there's a lot of people that for various reasons cannot feel God and they do not feel like God is among them. And so you have to bridge the gap in ministering. And that is a great privilege to be a brother of Jared and be able to bring Jesus Christ within reach. You're not. And what a great way to testify too. Yeah. Right. You're not replacing Jesus, but you're bringing him closer. Right. And I think during that time, I think that's a great way. I think that's why missionaries strive so much for service because it's that, it's that bridging point, like you said, Marin, to say, you know, I'm happy to help, but really it's the angel. I mean, I'm happy to be your angel in whatever way possible, but it's to remind you that um, the Savior loves you. It also reminds me of that. I think this actually happened, but I just think of it in movie form as I do. Um I think it's Joseph Smith, Prophet of the Restoration, the movie. Um, and it's when Joseph Smith is helping an older woman build um, build a, her house or make repairs on her house. And the old woman approaches Joseph Smith and is like, you know what? I, I don't appreciate or I don't believe in, in, in your religion but I do appreciate your help and your service. And uh, Joseph Smith says, our service is our religion. That's, that's something I, of course I'm butchering the quote, but essentially that's what he said. You know, service is a huge part of our religion and it's something that we are happy to extend whenever there is someone in need. And that to me reminds me of the importance of service a and b the importance of ministering to those in the church and those outside of the church. It doesn't have to be limited to, to those who are members, which I think is again, truly beautiful. Um, the next one is salvation among us, which I, it's, it's, I, this of all of the talk, this is my favorite section because, um, it's just a reminder of the ability, I think the 
of of the greatness and grandeur of the savior and and his infinite atonement um and it kind of bleeds into the next section as well but this one uh it's such a privilege for me again i use the i'm using the word privilege a lot but it really is such a privilege to to hear from um apostles of the lord testify um of the savior's goodness and glory um and this was what this section was all about um elder uchtdorf talks about his gratitude for heavenly father and then testifies on the savior's infinite atonement and how how jesus christ and his atonement um help uh, help refine us one paragraph it's this teeny little paragraph says because of jesus christ our failures do not have to define us they can refine us um which i i love i love that ability because or i love that well it is an ability but i love that gift specifically i think a lot of us in life are so defined by our past um and we don't have to be um we can be become better because it's a learning process. It's a learning experience. Um, but mostly we can be refined and we can draw closer to our savior through his atonement. It's trying to that same section, but it's the part right after it talks about musicians rehearsing scales and making missteps and flaws, which I understand because I'm a musician. Um, I play the piano. I've played for over 10 years and I remember learning and how hard that was and seeing a piece of music and hearing it in your head and going, yeah, I can replicate that. And then having no idea what your hands are even doing when you sit down and play. But then the little section after that says, if we repent, mistakes do not disqualify us. They are part of the progress. And I've talked about this with many people where they, and just before we even started recording, me and Emily were talking about, I just need to try something but I don't want to because it's hard. Or what if you make a mistake or so many things could go wrong. And I forget that God already knew I'd do that. And he was fine with that. He said, no, I expect you to make so many mistakes on earth. That's why I'm sending Jesus because they should help you. There are so many things you can learn from when you do have a misstep, even if you really royally screw up and sin you can learn from that and he doesn't want you to hold back from or be held back from those things. You can use them as steps. You can pull yourself over them. They don't disqualify you. They are really part of that process. Mm-hmm. And then the very last paragraph of that section, he says the world is in turmoil, which we all understand we all have weakness but we do not need to hang our heads in despair because we can trust god and we can trust his son jesus christ and we can accept the gift of the spirit to guide us on this path toward life filled with joy and divine happiness i love that amen um the next section is jesus among us um marin do you want to start us off with that because i have a naughty kitty that needs <laughs> to be kicked out of this room we can wait go ahead okay 
Um, I love this, this talk too, because, uh, or this section of this talk, because, um, Elder Uchtdorf presents the question of what would Jesus teach and do if you were among us today? Um, and then he compares the time when he was in the Americas, when Jesus was in the Americas teaching, um, teaching the people here versus the time when he was in um, the Holy Land and how similar, even though they're completely different parts of the, of the world, um, cultures were different and there were just, they were just different people. The, the message was the same. Um, and the amazing thing is that that message is the same message that we teach today. Um, which is this, the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, the doctrine of Christ, um, and the message of hope and belonging, um, that God is among us is what this, this says. Um, I, I really love that concept to me. It, I, it makes me think a lot, um, on the consistency of the gospel a couple of weeks ago in Sunday school. Maybe it was this past week. Yes, it was this past week. We had a really good discussion, um, about, you know, the, the beginning, um, businesses and establishments of the church and how some of them failed. Um, we talked specifically about the, the church's bank that lasted, I think it was two years mm -hmm. before it failed and how, you know, this, the church is this living, breathing, um, church. It's, it's something that has to change with time, but the one thing that doesn't change and the beauty of the gospel is the doctrine of Christ, um, meaning, you know, faith in the Lord and his atonement and then repentance, um, baptism or renewal of covenants, um, uh, increase of the Holy ghost and enduring to the end. I think that that's the real beauty. And that's exactly what the savior taught in his mission and ministry in Jerusalem and then literally halfway across the world in the Americas when he came and visited the people there. Um, God is a God of consistency. The church is one of ever changing. And, and that is, that's proof to me that God is among us, that God um, loves his people enough to, to change the church in ways that it needs to be changed relevant for the times. But the core of life itself remains constant. Yeah. His doctrines are always the same, but his principles, right. Principles have to change. Like, right. I, I know a seminary teacher once said, well, doctrine, like the atonement of Jesus Christ, that doesn't change, but the principle of like how we use our electronics that has to change because 200 years ago, it wasn't a concern, but now it is. And how do you, how do you use a light bulb 200 years ago? Right. The question. And now it's, how do we use our 5g internet? Mm -hmm. And it, it has to change. It has to change. Yeah, you're right. But that my electronics and how I use social media are not what saved me. But so you know, I need to keep control on those. But what I really do need to understand is the atonement of Jesus Christ and where I belong and 
how I find hope and faith when the world is in turmoil. And the beauty of it is if I pay attention so well to those doctrines, those principles take care of themselves. And I wish I could explain it, but there really isn't an easy way to explain why that happens. It just does. And you have to trust people when they say that and try it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Elder Ugdorf takes it a step further. He says, suppose Jesus came to your ward or your branch or your home today. What would that be like? What do you think it would be like for you, Marin? Hmm. For me? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I think I'd be super excited and also <laughs> terrified because, <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm not perfect and I'm trying and just, I mean, recent months and weeks Sometimes my prayers have been a little, I just don't want to talk to you because I'm mad. And he understands that. And he's still with me, which Mm -hmm. you can't, there's no words to describe that either. When, even when I say I don't want him, but I do, and he knows and he stays. I mean, there, there's very few people I think in the world that ever completely just do not want him. We all say things that we don't mean because we, we're scared and we don't want even God to know, which that's interesting to think about, which I think is why he asks us to pray always and to keep asking that parable where he says, keep knocking. It's not so mm-hmm. much that God doesn't answer, but sometimes I ask him for things that I don't actually care about because they hide what I truly want. And to be completely vulnerable with God, there is that chance that he says no or it's not right. And that's that's scary where I, I don't want him to say that. But when I do and I am vulnerable, even if the answer is no, there are so many great things that come out of it. It's just so hard to get there. But he understands that and he waits for me. So I think if he showed up in my ward... It would be, I think it would be familiar to me because I spend a lot of time with him and he knows me and I know as much as I can understand now. And I think I would be happy to have him. I think in my brain, (laughs) I want that to be my truth. You know, I want, I want him to come and embrace me and to say, I'm really proud of the person you've become. And I know it's been difficult. Um, and I'm sure he will, but I, for some reason, because I, I don't know, I think it's because I'm fallible and weak. Um, I, I think I put a pavilion (laughs) is how they say doctrine and covenant between me and the Lord. And there is a great talk on that, but I, I put like that roadblock between me and the savior. And I say, Oh, he'll only do that. If I am a hundred percent perfect with my scripture studies and he'll only do that. If I am, um, forgiving and kind and you know i put all these conditions of for his love on me 
And then as I say it out loud, you know, in my brain, I'm like, oh yeah, like that's what it's going to be. He's going to be like, oh, I'm going to hug you. Just go and repent. But that's not at all what, what he's about. Um, because I think he would see the intentions of my heart and he, he knows me perfectly because he suffered for me and, um, he knows how far I've come and has sanctified my efforts, which I think is truly beautiful. And even though I put my, that pavilion in between him and me, um, I think that he would be the first to lift that barrier, um, and come and embrace me because he loves me so much because he knows me perfectly because he's seen my progress um, and has seen the desires of my heart, which is humbling. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but again, it goes back to, I, I think in my brain, I'm like, oh, but I don't deserve it. But that's, <laughs> I mean, is that not the savior? Well, to be quite honest, that, we don't deserve it. We mm -hmm. never will. That's just the sad, sad truth. And yet that testifies of how much God loves us to go. I know you don't deserve it, but I could really care less. I just really want you to be worthy of it. Yeah. Okay, I love what Elder Dwar says with um, his quote from First John 3.18. And he says, uh, Christ invites us to not love in word, but in deed and in truth, which doesn't sound all significant until you um, look up what those meant when he said them. And so he was speaking, this is from the Greek translation of the mm -hmm. Bible. And uh, the Greek word for word is reasoning or speeches or short sayings. And the word for deed means an action that completes an inner desire or intention. And the word for truth means a divine truth revealed in straightforward manners. So I love how Christ invites us to love people, not with short little sayings, like maybe on the back of your bumper sticker, or to make this a exercise of reasoning. The love is supposed to be actions that complete an inner desire, even if they don't go completely like you think. Like when we talk about ministry and sometimes you just feel like you're doing everything wrong. But if you are doing actions that complete the desire you have to love this person, that's love. And if you are speaking or if you're loving in truth, you're being straightforward and you're not, you don't have to make it complicated. You don't have to be like, oh, and here's five different examples or I don't know, role plays we could do. Loving is straightforward and divine and just what you feel inside. And sometimes that doesn't come across like you want it to come across, but God understands that that was what you were trying to do. I think that that ties in perfectly with the last section. What shall we do? Um, I think the first thing is try to follow the Lord 
in our daily life. Um, set aside the um, Elder Uchtdorf says, set aside pride and approach his throne with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He will draw near to us. Um, I, I, I think as as we cling to what we know to be true and hold fast to um, the doctrine and live the principles, um, we can walk the path that we are needed or need to walk in order to obtain eternal life. Um, where one day we can be fully embraced, ideally without a pavilion, um, by our, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening this week on the Iron Rodcast. Me and Emily have a great time recording these for you. Sometimes too much fun, based on the amount I had to edit out. (laughs) Um, But just a reminder, the Iron Rodcast is a podcast about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but it is not sponsored by the church. If you would like to know more, please visit their website at churchofjesuschrist.org. Next week, we'll be discussing the talks by President Nelson. So anything he spoke last conference, fair game. We can't wait till you're here. Merry Christmas in July, and we both hope that you find your angels this week or your brothers of Jared.